You've found a show that will explore how to experience a kingdom lifestyle that is both focused and balanced. Welcome to Live Exceptionally. In a world where we are constantly bombarded with demands on our time and attention, it can be difficult to find the space to truly live our best lives. But what if we could find a way to live exceptionally with a sense of purpose, freedom, and rest? Whether you're a busy professional, a stay-at-home parent, or anyone who wants to live a more focused and balanced life, this show is for you. Join us as we discover how to live exceptionally, finding freedom and rest along the way. Now, let's get into this week's episode of Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. Welcome back to Live Exceptionally, where we equip people with keys and tools to experience a kingdom lifestyle that is purposeful, focused, and balanced. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share with others on YouTube or your preferred podcast platform. Stay connected with us at elisi.org to know about events, inspirational media, and more. Well, this month is Self-Care Awareness Month, the month of September. And this month, we'll be focusing the entire month on worship and how worship is an option for self-care. A lot of times, we'll take time to get go to the spa, uh, go out with friends, go to the movies, but we want to focus on spiritual self-care as well and how spiritual self-care ties so closely to our physical well-being. And our first guest today is Minister Eric David Townsend of Worship for 24. Well, good morning, Minister Eric. It's so good to have you with us today. Uh, before we get started, could you just go ahead and introduce yourself and share a bit about your background. I am Eric David Townsend. Um, I probably am the worst person to talk about me. Um, but uh, a Chicago native, mostly. Actually, I was born in Madison, Wisconsin, believe it or not, and uh, moved here when I was four. So I'm, I consider myself a, a West Sider till I die, although I currently <laughs> live South. Um, and uh, thanks to my my wife, who is a South Sider, uh, and uh, my daughter. So um, I love worship. I love uh, music, but I also love life. And I think a lot of times we get to the point where we um, kind of worship what we do. Uh, and since we're talking about worship, we worship the worship instead of realizing that worship is to God, of God, and we should not uh, find ourselves, um, you know, doing anything other than the normal uh, ins and outs from day to day uh, and enjoying life uh, as we fulfill the assignment that God gives us. So I just like, I love having fun. I love, uh, did I mention love having fun? Yes, you did. Uh, I love the fish. <laughs> Uh, I'm a fisher, a hunter, uh, and I just love anything outdoors. So I'm an outdoors guy. Awesome. So tell me, um, so I invited you on this uh, episode to kick off our series on self-care and looking at worship as a means of self-care. And by your being a worship leader, like you are the founder of Worship for 24. And can you tell a little bit about the purpose, the mission, and the focus of worship for 24 before we get into our topic. 
Sure. Worst for 24 was birthed out of uh, a trip I took to IHOP in Kansas. It is a uh, it was a wonderful experience. And uh, I was there because at the church that I was serving at the time sent me to the conference to kind of glean and and learn from. Sorry, I just adjust this camera here. Uh, and um, while I was there, I heard mention of this 24 hour worship room where they pray and worship for 24 hours, 365 days a year. And I said, wow, that would be amazing. I didn't have time per the schedule to get over there. Um, cause I was just down there for a day. Um, and then, uh, but a seed was planted. So I came home and long story short, three years later, uh, I, I, I prayed and asked God, I said, there's no way that we could do 24 hours in Chicago. I, 24 hours, 365. That's just not, I, I don't see that happening. What if we did a full 24 hours? Um, and that's where it was birthed and that's where it was born. And then three years later, we lost our first gathering and the gatherings are this, um, think of it as a private worship experience in a corporate setting. So you're not responsible for what the people do or don't do. You know, normally on Sundays we have, come on, y'all, stand up, sit down, fight, 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 raise your hands, bow down, get, you know, get on your knees. Um, there's no worship leader, Simon says, at Worship for 2024. Um, people sign up for different slots to lead for as long or as short as they want. Um, it was hard for me to get people to understand what really it was. So the first Worship for 24 I ended up singing 22 of the 24 hours. Wow. Thank God I don't have to do that anymore. But um, it's different when you're not responsible for the people who are present. And and like the old Catholic church used to be, you come in, you know, sit down, say a prayer, light a candle, go have confession and be on your way. Right. It's the same idea in the Protestant setting in that your your time spent with God is facilitated by live worship, not uh, um, it, 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 I'm sorry, your, your time is, you get to eavesdrop on worship. It, it's not facilitated by, I, I'm not directing you. Right. So that is the, the foundation of which, which it was born from. And then it kind of ha has evolved into, uh, another arm of works for 24 called a few ticks where we understand that we are only places for a few ticks of the clock. So why not? Um, make sure that we are doing the best we can. Uh, so if you're in a, uh, a laundry, a laundry mat or a grocery store and the Lord impresses upon your heart, pay for that person's groceries, pay for that person's laundry, do it and then leave. Right. Don't, don't wait for your pat on the back or applause. Um, if you see a need, meet it, uh, go and hold babies at the hospital, go to the senior home and, and hold some grandmother's hand, some grandfather's hand. Um, and then don't wait for your applause. Go and do it. Not doing it for social media, not doing it for that. Just go and be uh, the church. So that's a few ticks. So that's that's in a in a in a small nutshell um the the whole of what Worship for 24 stands for. Yes, which is a nice transition to even the focus for this episode or this month when we talk about September is known for being self-care awareness. Mm -hmm. And I'm proposing that 
a lot of times people, when we look at self-care, it's, it's often looked at from a physical perspective, like self-care, I'm going to massage, I'm going to get a massage, I'm going to go get my nails done, I'm going to go out with my friends, which are all great things, and I think that they're wonderful things, but I also want to focus on worship as an option for people to do self-care. And so I wanted to start off with what are your thoughts as worship being an uh, option for self-care? I think it's uh, it's a great idea, but, but, but first we must define worship. Good. Mm -hmm. I, th I, think, I think a lot of times what we call worship is not that. Um, the Bible describes worship and the way God introduced it to us um, was in the story of Abraham and Isaac in Genesis chapter 22. There was no music. There was no orchestra. There was no, you know, singing. There was no song. There was no dance. Um, there was obedience and there was death. Mm. Uh, otherwise known as sacrifice. And I think when we, I, and I know where we're going with, with the conversation, but I think when we define it first, we have to define what worship is and what it means to you. Uh, now, what the Bible calls it and what we have culturally assigned for it today. And that is two different things. But we'll address worship being a um, a arm, if you will, of self-care. Um, and I, and I want to address it from both those angles. First, I think um, whenever we use worship as a definition for self-care, then we want to make sure that we are obeying God. Like reevaluate your assignment from God. Are you still on the right path? Are you still doing what you're supposed to be doing? Are you are you operating from a place of understanding of God's assignment on your life? Or are you operating from a place uh, of what somebody else says you should be doing? Um, that's part of self-care, because if you're doing something that somebody else assigned for you, oh, how miserable will you end up being when it gets too hard? when it doesn't make sense, right? Um, but when you get to those crossroads, when you're on the road that God assigned for you, um, that is the first step to making sure that that manicure, that pedicure, that massage really is helpful because I'm mm. on the right road, right? Um, with that being said, we'll move to number two, um, an actual gathering of worshipers, a gatherers, gathering of believers in uh, a corporate setting. Uh, how important is that? Well, uh, there is nothing in the world that compares to being with people uh, as we reach towards God. There's nothing, nothing. There's not a sports game. And I've been to huge stadiums, not a great concert, even what we call gospel concerts. Um, but there is nothing that will compare to um we don't even have to be like-minded. We don't have to be uh, um, believers of the same um, denomination. But when we come together and the sole focus and sole purpose, even if it's just for that 15 minutes before worship, uh, before the service starts, for those moments, for there to be someone who is, who is helping facilitate a authentic time that I say it like this, God, uh, Please be pleased with this worship that enough that you would sit down in the place that we're in and we can climb in your lap. And each and every person there 
has an opportunity to individually climb in God's lap and spend time with him. So how important is self-care or worship as a part of your self-care regimen? It's, um, I, I would call it at the top. That's good. I think so too, because I think all these things, I like how you tied personal care with our spiritual care. And a lot of times we could actually do the personal care and do these things that make us feel good temporarily. But when it comes to just our heart, our inner man, our, our, our soul aspect, our mind, our will, our emotions, you know, these things will give us a temporary fix. But when it comes to the actual spiritual care, these are the things that actually minister and feed our soul that it's no longer temporary, but it's something that we're actually walking in and moving in uh, as a as a lifestyle, which I'm about to answer my own question that I was about to ask you now, which is when you look at worship as a part of our self-care, how can we embed this and practice it as a lifestyle as compared to just a Sunday morning corporate activity? Well, first, we got to get rid of colloquialisms and and catchphrases. So mm-hmm. I, I don't live by worship as a lifestyle. Okay. Um, only because from this standpoint, I, I know what many are trying to say, but I think it's important, again, as we define, uh, would you would you actually say obedience is my lifestyle? Mm. Would you actually say death or sacrifice is my lifestyle? I don't think many people would. Right. right? We, when we say worship is a lifestyle, we're looking for the feeling. We're looking yeah. for the feeling of, of what worship does for us. The problem is worship is not for us. We we get a byproduct of it, right? Um, um, a, 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 a indirect result of worshiping God who is omnipotent, omnipresent. Uh, um, and and it, because we get to worship him, right? Uh, there are benefits benefits to worshiping him but those are not the primary goal so how do we move to the place where we we understand what we're saying when we say worship is a lifestyle well um how much of your life have you surrendered to god and and you made you made the point about uh tying in our physical self-care with our spiritual self-care um and it's not that hard of a connection when you think of it like this, um, when when you are dealing with whatever you're dealing with, if your home is a place of peace, what do we often say? Oh, I can't wait till I get home. I can't wait till I get home or wherever that place of peace is. Right. I can't wait till I get to put fill in the blank. Well, that that's up here. Right. Um, because we have assigned a place where we will not deal with, we will not allow ourselves to be bothered with or discombobulated by the cares or the 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 angst and the the ebbs and flows of life, um, when we are in that place of peace, those physical self care things mean more than when when I'm sitting in the chair uh, and 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 she's doing my manicure or I'm laying on the table and I'm getting a, a massage and I've got eight hundred and fifty thousand things in my mind because. I'm not on the right path that God assigned. I'm not mm-hmm. where I'm supposed to be. Uh, I have not intentionally spent time just giving God worship as opposed to uh, seeking for a feeling. That makes sense. That's, 
Yes, it does. And I, I like some of the words that you share about surrender, about obedience and the colloquialisms that we do use uh, regarding like, and it may be because we're not able to fully articulate uh, what it is that we're wanting to actually execute. But in essence, it's just the way that we should be. Like mm -hmm. as believers, we walk in obedience. We walk as a, a life that is surrendered to the Lord. Um, so I think that those are good, not just reminders, but just to like you're teaching us, reminding us that this is uh, how we live. This is what we're called to and how we're called to be. Yes. Uh, so, so instead of saying worship is a lifestyle, worship is life. Mm -hmm. that, that's worship is life. I, I, I breathe that I live that now I'm not, I'm, and a, the hard part is a lot of people will take that saying, um, and then they go, man, when I'm not walking around, you know, with my hands lifted all the time, I'm not all the way, you know, cause some of those people, I need to be careful. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, help me, help me Lord. Um, uh, some of those We've all encountered people who we wonder if how they are with us is truly how they are, or are they so accustomed to pretending that their language includes pretense as opposed to authenticity? Wow. Wow. That's deep. I'm going to have to you know, put, that as a, yeah, put that as a quote. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and when we encounter those people, it's exhausting because your mind can't even entertain what they're trying to deliver or the wisdom or whatever it could be it could be very good for but i can't it's not palatable because i can't get past the delivery um you know i can't get past what really feels inauthentic and and the hard part about living a life of worship includes when i'm not in this posture right i'm not in a surrendered uh, worship state. I should, that's why Paul said, um, uh, Apostle Paul in the scripture said that I would that all uh, would prophesy, right? And and the whole idea is um, I can't prophesy on God's behalf without knowing his voice, without practicing being in his presence, without hearing from him. And it doesn't always mean that I have to say, hey, what thus saith the Lord, but I'm, I'm a posture, I'm postured to hear him uh, no matter where I go, no matter what I do. And that is the life that is surrendered to worship of our God. Amen. That is uh, definitely fruit and food to uh, chew on. One of the things that, you know, when you talk about this is making me think about how, because on Sunday mornings or wherever people, you know, practice uh, their relationship with the Lord, that the practice of worship, it has almost become in some instances like a religious exercise uh, because we have a set time in the places of worship or places of uh, religious activity where we put worship. So then I think there's this unconscious association that we worship when we go to church, we worship when we go to our Bible study or we worship when we have our small group. Um, as opposed to what you're talking about, it being our life, that yeah. worship is, is life. And so we, you know, are, are not making the connection of it being life because of how it's associated with uh, just points of practice 
when we do it. Well, uh, Doc, you make a good point. And the, the, the problem uh, that has presented uh, to us, uh, in, in, in especially in this last, I say, 20 years, especially 20 years, um, as is we have become, um, I want to use a nice word, uh, we have become like a child to a mother's breast. Mm. Um, and the mother is no longer the mother. The mother is the pastor. And and we only get nutrients and sustenance whenever mm. we are with the pastor. Well, how often is that? Usually once or twice a week. And And when we realize that our life is 99.9% outside of church gatherings. And you mentioned a very strong word that I think many people try to stay, stay away from, um, that is religious. Um, but those religious gatherings, right? Um, I, I, it, again, definitions are just so important to me. But um, when you talk about religious activity, when people go, oh, I'm not religious, and I, and I always stop them, I go, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. We just got to get on the right topic. Yeah. Because religion, religion or to be religious about something, um, uh, religiousness is not just about faith or a deity. Right. Um, religions are the number of things that that a number of different belief systems that include religious activity. Mm -hmm. Right. But I can be religious about basketball, football, baseball, uh, you know, surfing, um, reading books, um, doing math. You know, uh, some of some of our greats in in all of society were religious about what they, they did. Now, what are we what are we saying? To repeat something over and over to engage in that activity without wane, without without um, discord, without a, a lot of those those anti-words, right? Um, yes. They're escaping me right now. But but the whole idea is to, to do it over and over. Um, the problem is people have uh, this negative connotation when we talk about a religious activity when it comes to what you believe and 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 faith in God. I, I, I'm, I'm not one of the religious people. And no, I just I push back and I say, you just need to be aware of what you are religious about. Mm. And and when you are aware of that, then you can decide, is this something that really should be a part of my life? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. No, and I was just going to say, and, and with what you just said, that that's so powerful. It it also these things that we do, it begins to where it lose, we lose value and lose the benefit of it. And one of the things that I find that is very valuable about worship that ties back to even our self-care is the moments of solitude that comes in the midst of a powerful move where God is present. Because a lot of times, even from a culture perspective, you know, some cultures, there tends to be a lot of loud music, a lot of loud singing, and and, and all these things are good and, and right in their place. But we miss the moments of solitude that come. Sometimes the prophetic comes sometimes. And when you know God is 
fully present, people will respond with its whether it's crying, whether it's kneeling, whether it's uh, being prostrate. And so when we look at being in a performance culture, uh, being in a busy, obsessed culture, because another word for religious could be obsessed, uh, when you're obsessed about basketball, or obsessed about football, that there's all this busyness, all these distractions, and we don't have the opportunity to have solitude. And when you look at science and medical uh, facts and statistics, they talk about the benefits from a mental health, mental wellness perspective of being silent, meditation. Uh, yes. So we lose the power and the value of the benefits of worship because of these other aspects. And, you know, just what's what's your thoughts on that, particularly about the moments of solitude? Because you practice that a lot as a worship leader. I think it's one of the most powerful moments we can we can orchestrate, facilitate, and actually we step out of the way. The, the reason why a lot of worship leaders don't involve it is because we've equated uh, silence while holding the microphone with unpreparedness. Mm. When the truth of the matter is, I, I, if I if I am asking of God these two questions as a worship leader, every time I I, I have the opportunity to do that, and the, that first question is, uh, God, how do you want to be worshipped today? Uh, and then the second question is, what do your people need? If, if, if we get those two questions always as a part of uh, our pregame, if you will, uh, before we go out, then I, I don't think that there is a time that comes where uh, uh, the music should stop and the people on the microphone should stop singing so that we corporately can sing together, right? There, there is a beauty that comes when, when there's no facilitation from the stage, but there is movement in the crowd. And, and that begins the moment of solitude whenever we are willing to silence our voices on the microphones or on the instruments. When, we, when we're willing to silence that for moments where in this corporate gathering, I feel like it's just me and God. Whew. Yeah, I, I do that. Um, because I've I've realized how powerful um, those moments have made me right uh, have 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 helped me restore have helped me uh, move have helped me breathe uh, have helped me live so why not give the people the opportunity to experience God in that way so that way they realize it, it, it's it's twofold one we get to experience it in a corporate setting and it's magnanimous it blows your mind but the other thing is psychologically it helps you realize oh i don't need them to get to god i could do it on my own in my room in my home in my special place in my car right because in that moment when there's no singing on the microphone when there's no musicians playing it's just you and what you're willing to say or not say what what you're willing where you're willing to bow or not bow what whatever is a where you're willing to cry, cry or not cry what whatever is happening in that moment is you and God and that helps the psyche of the the worshiper uh to to understand that I, I can do this outside of this this corporate gathering 
Yes, no, that's that's so good because it also points to that when we look at uh, solitude, meditation, like it's in without being busy or without being distracted, that these things, they minister to the soul. Like just yes. having that time to to hear one, hear God speak, one, even for us to have clarity of our own thoughts as it relates to whether it's our emotions or whether it's our, you know, things within our, our, our will um, or even our, our thoughts allowing our, our thoughts to be to be still. Um, so as we wind down, uh, let me, would you like to, I have to always ask, <laughs> are you going to see a couple stanzas? <laughs> no, no, no. So I, I, um, I'm probably one of the people who sings the least. Hmm. Um, because for me, again, I, I, I'm, I'm living and I'm practicing what I talk about, right? Right. Um, yeah. So it's not that I don't enjoy singing. I do enjoy singing. But I know for me, worship doesn't, in, doesn't begin with music or a song. Right. Um, it usually ends there from God depositing in me words and a melody that um, put a timestamp on a moment where I obeyed or... I killed something that needed to be killed. Yeah. Right. We, we don't like to talk about God as a God of wrath and war. Right. But, oh, buddy, you know, <laughs> yes. uh, my Bible says, you know, um, but no, uh, you know, you know, I, I will do this because because uh, it's you and you asked. Um, there's a <laughs> there's you. a hymn, uh, just a hymn that just popped in my head and I'll just I'll just sing one stanza of it. Um. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else can heal all our souls' diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles and he will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Awesome. So I, for my events, I've used you and, you know, engaged you several times as the key worship leader. Uh, the email that I'm showing on the screen or website that I'm showing the screen, if anyone wants to reach out, uh, would this be the place that they would contact you for that? Yeah, they can go there and, and that'll that'll have the live recording on there. There should be an email to reach me. Uh okay. I'll have to double check. I'll double check that. But um if if anybody's interested in having me come speak or sing or teach, uh whatever, um uh you can do booking at ericdavidtownsend.com. That same um uh, booking at ericdavidtownsend.com will get you an email straight to me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Minister Eric. This has been amazing. I'd have to do another session on this because you shared a lot of nuggets 
in here that need to be dissected. This is. I'd be honored, honored, always. Uh, I it's a I enjoy and it's a pleasure uh, to be with you, Doctor Vaughn. Thank you so much for trusting the God in me. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. That's all the time that we have for this week's episode. Tune in next week for another episode of Live Exceptionally. And don't forget to subscribe, like, or share on your preferred podcast platform. And stay connected with us at elisi.org. Have an exceptional week. God bless. Thanks for joining us for Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. Each week, we'll explore the secrets to living a life that is both intentional and fulfilling. We'll talk to folks that will share about productivity, mindfulness, and self-care to learn practical tips and strategies for staying focused, managing our time, and finding balance within a kingdom mindset. We'll also hear from people who have made the choice to live exceptionally and learn from their experiences and insights. Connect with Dr. Yvonne by signing up at elici.org. That's E-L-I-C-I dot org. Until next time, we're praying that you find balance and rest so you can live exceptionally.